Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Zivyverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Zivyverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZivyOwens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at ZivyOwens. The following was an event that we held at Zivy's Bookshop, which was so amazing. You have to hear it. It's between Emma Gray and Laura Tremaine. And while this is available on YouTube, the audio is just so wonderful, and you all really need to hear it. So we're releasing it as a podcast. Emma Gray is the author of The Last Love Note. It's also a Zibby book and was a Book of the Month Club pick and the Target Book Club pick for December. Emma is an acclaimed Australian journalist and young adult fiction writer as well. Her writing has appeared in The Age, Canberra Times, and Herald Sun. She lives in Canberra, Australia with her family. Laura Tremaine is the author of The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, and Share Your Stuff. I'll go first. Laura grew up in small town Oklahoma and moved to Los Angeles sight unseen when she was 22 years old. She worked in film and television production for many years at MTV, VH1, Fox, and Paramount Pictures before pursuing writing full-time. Laura has been sharing her life online since 2010. She writes about friendship, anxiety, motherhood, and marriage. Her blog posts and podcast episodes resonate with women looking for ways to connect more deeply with others as they transform from one era of life into another. Laura lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Jeff, and their two children. 
Welcome everyone tonight to this like very special occasion where we're celebrating the last love note by Emma. Congratulations so Thank much. You. Thank you so You've much. So, and thanks for coming. Everyone. Yeah, this is just amazing to watch your success around this book. And I'm so happy for you. Thank you. As a reader, I always want to start and hear from authors of like where they started their writing life. Like, I feel like whatever kind of reader you are, everyone sort of dreams of writing a book, right? But then as we get into adulthood, you either realize that that's a, a dream to be pursued or not, or, if, you know, if that's something that is real and you've made it so real. So I would just love to hear a little, your background of like mm. being a, you know, was this a dream? Have you been a lifelong reader, writer, like yeah. all of that? Definitely. I, it was Anne of Green Gables that tipped me over <laughs> into this. I remember being 14 and... It was the Christmas holidays, which, of, of course, in Australia is the long summer holiday. I'm about to fly home actually tonight after this into 40 degrees Celsius, which is a heat wave, absolute heat wave. I really don't want to go home. So if we forget ourselves, it runs over. Don't worry, I'm going to sleep on the floor here. But um, I was 14 and our aunties introduced my sister and I to Anne of Green Gables, the miniseries. And I remember watching this and immediately falling in love with Gilbert, of course. But at the same time, I fell in love with Anne as a writer and this concept that she had this burning desire to write. And I thought, so do I. And I hadn't ever really realised that before. I was never, I mean, I, I used to get good marks in English at school, but I wasn't that standout English student that the teachers would have looked at and said, that's the one that's going to go on and be doing a talk in Zibby's bookshop in 2023. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went to the local news agent and bought a notebook and pen because, of course, I'm 50. So this was very much pre having any kind of device to write on. And I just started writing a novel that day. And wow. it was terrible. But, <laughs> but I didn't care because I just had this whole world in my head that I wanted to get out on this page and I had pages and pages of this awful novel and I think I've still got it somewhere buried in my garage and so from then on I just I used to write diaries all the time I've matured into my diary becoming a public diary on Facebook really I feel for my friends but um, <laughs> they get everything every little development but I can't, even even walking around the streets, I'll be thinking, how could I describe what I'm seeing? How will I tell people later? How will I write about this? It's just all the time. And so when my husband passed away in 2016, it was really one of my earliest thoughts was, I'm going to have to get through this in words. It's the only way through this for me. And I really don't understand what's going on until I've written about it. And Ooh. I think a lot of writers feel that way. And I don't know how I could have got through the last few years if I hadn't been able to process it all in words. And, and that started off with very detailed Facebook posts where I would, on the day of, of something horrible happening in my loss, you know, I'd go to the bank and have an awful interaction with the, the bank manager who wouldn't speak to me because they needed to speak to the person whose account I was trying to close, that mm -hmm. kind of horrible thing that happens when you're grieving. And I would then write about that that day. And so when it came to writing this book, I almost had all these real-life, raw, in-the-moment little, little scenarios that I'd written already that I could mine for content for the book, which mm -hmm. I think is how it comes across as quite a raw 
retelling of, of grief and loss. And real. Yeah. It felt very mm. real. The book just came out last week, I know, but as we like do this conversation, I'm kind of thinking about spoilers, not spoilers. Has anyone here finished it yet? Anyone? Okay. Oh, amazing. I mean, and then I have, of course, too. The The book is about Kate, who I think is just one of the most adorable characters I've read in a while. Do you want to give, since people haven't finished, just give us sort of a brief uh, o- mm. overview as we talk more about the plot well, a little. Yeah, Kate is 40 and she was described in a podcast the other day as a hot mess. In fact, the question was... <laughs> Kate's a bit of a hot mess. Where did the inspiration for that character come from? (laughs) And I immediately exited the podcast, went outside into a New York street and was almost run over by a runaway hot dog truck in the street. (laughs) And I thought, you know, you don't have to look too far to see where the chaos around her comes from. But she's lost her husband two years earlier. And the reason why we have these amazing people here from Alzheimer's, I keep wanting to say SA, but that's South Australia, LA, <laughs> is bec- and, and this is a spoiler, is because this is the cause of her husband's death in the novel. And in my real life, my husband actually died from a heart attack. Uh, my mum passed away in June this year from dementia. So that's where the the reality of that part of the story has been drawn from. And it's the story not only of Kate processing her husband's loss, but of her beginning to open her heart to someone new. This bit, unfortunately, is entirely fictional, <laughs> but, um, but also aspirational. And um, so anyone single here in the evening, this evening, no, anyone nice? No. <laughs> but it was really lovely to be able to play with that storyline and imagine what that would be like. And I've got a lot of friends now in, who are young widowed people who I've seen repartner and it's just been a joy to watch watch them do that. So it's two love stories in one, which is, yes. um, yeah. and, they, and they intertwine a lot too because you can love two people at once, so they tell me. It is a book about grief, but it's also a book about hope and I, I thought that they intermingled so well because those emotions can sometimes mm. intermingle and yeah. it's hard to articulate. And so reading mm. it in a fictionalized version, it did feel like a beautiful way to capture it. Did you want to write it as a fiction as opposed to like a memoir or, because you know you said mm. you were writing these things on Facebook that were actually happening yeah. to you. Like just as a way to get some distance from it, as a way mm. to be, you know, because you're yeah. already a writer or mm. what I, was that process? I knew that I would write about grief. I could have gone one of three ways. I could have written a a self-help book about what to do when you lose a partner in midlife, but there are already so many great books like that that I realised pretty early on I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. I could have written a memoir, and I take my hat off to those who do. We have Megan Riordan-Jarvis here who was in the bookshop last night doing a talk about her new memoir, and it's called (laughs) The End of the Hour, another Zibby book. Anyway... (laughs) So much easier to sell somebody else's book than your own. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the only oversharer in my family. So that's why I had to fictionalise this story because I had to be careful about telling our own story too publicly. I feel like I I could go a lot deeper 
into a fictional character's story than I could into my own for that reason. Mm. And also I'm just a hopeless romantic and I loved all those big 90s rom-coms and, you know, I still love them. I'll be watching them on the plane tonight when I can't sleep <laughs> and I couldn't resist. Yeah, yeah, I love that. There is a, so much about grief, like we said, but I really feel like, and this might be my own lens, but as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is also a book about friendship. Mm. And that is part of the great love story. There's multiple love stories in this in this novel, but like that I came away from. Kate, our main character, has a wonderful best friend. She has a colleague, boss, you know, friend who's been there through all these things that she has gone through. So I wondered if you could say a little bit more about like the friendships in our life because she wasn't surrounded by like hundreds of people or dozens of people. There's not a huge cast of characters as she's going through her grief. In fact, there's a loneliness element to it because she feels that she only has her best friend and a coworker or two, which I think sometimes when we're going through things, we feel like that's not enough mm. or we don't know how to show up for one another. Like, I wondered if you could say something about the friendship piece because when I write about friendship, mm. so obviously yeah. <laughs> that's what I was like really <laughs> hungry like to get a notebook, notebook and pen out <laughs> no. before I start. No, I think friendship to me is incredibly important. And Kate has moved to another city, which is why she doesn't have a lot of friends when this happens that are around. In my case, I live in the city I was born in, so I was in fact surrounded and supported by an incredible community of friends. And I've tried to pay tribute to a lot of them in this book by threading little anecdotes through that they will see themselves in. Things like the friendship group that that didn't know each other but all were friends on Facebook who got into a little huddle and organised for me to be out one night towards Christmas the first year after Jeff died and I had a five-year-old son who still was expecting magic, you know, and all of the Christmassy stuff. And I really was in the depths of despair at this time, to quote Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> and they got together and we drove in and our house had been covered in Christmas lights. Yeah. So they appear in here. And the other friend, who, the friend who co-wrote the musical, Sally Whitwell, is a brilliant composer her way of helping was instantly to compose a piece of music that we played at Jeff's funeral. And, I mean, it, it's, it goes so far beyond lasagnas and casseroles. Mm. There was a friend who was very good at administration and, and I'm hopeless at that and you've got so many forms that you have to fill out. And so she just said, can I come and sit with you and help you fill out the forms at the bank and things like that. So I always say to people, when you lose, when somebody loses someone, your time will come and your skills will be needed. And it, if it's not in the first five weeks, it could be two years later or 10 years later that you can step in and do your part. And, and you know, we're now nearly eight years later and there are times when I still need help. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to go home and my front lawn will be mowed because the neighbours will have done that and I, I don't even have to ask them. You know, it's it's extraordinary the way... It was almost overwhelming the way people were helping and I sort of kept wondering how can I ever pay them back and then I realised it's about paying them, paying it forward mm. and that just lifted all that pressure and made it much easier for me to accept the help and I think that that's a skill in itself that a lot of us struggle with to say yes to help and we just have to realise that we take it in turns. It's just a mutually beneficial ecosystem of help and there are times when you're the helper and then there are times when you're being helped 
And if we could just accept that, I think life would be so much easier. Mm, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com You mentioned that Kate it was sort of called a hot mess, which I get that characterization. She's kind of clumsy, like, you know, crazy things happen to her, you know, that kind of energy. However, one of the things that I really liked about what is going on with Kate simultaneously with grief and the love story is she might be kind of messy on the outside, but she's portrayed an, as incredibly competent at her job. Like she's very, mm. very good at her job. And yet she also feels she might be in the wrong job. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that sort of running alongside, like having not a career crisis, and I didn't read it as a crisis, mm. but like as a sort of questioning, am I in my true calling? Am I using my gifts in the right way? Am I staying in this job because I want some stability mm. in my widowhood, you know, for my family? I wondered if, about that piece, if that was something that you were going through mm. or if it was just something you felt would be universal for a maybe midlife woman to yeah. be wrestling with. It's, I think it's something a lot of us go through and, and it is a crossroads that we reach. And I think younger generations coming through have a much more flexible way of looking at their careers and they're thinking about having several different careers in their lifetimes. I did used to work in a, in a role which didn't suit me and it was administration. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm sure if my former bosses are listening to this, they could attest to this. <laughs> and I would dream of writing. And and Kate also has a similar ambition. And part of what happens when someone dies is that you realise life is short. And it occurs to you that we don't have the luxury of necessarily waiting another five years, 10 years before we do the thing that we want to do. I was talking to a reader in a, in a Barnes and Noble in Minneapolis a couple of nights ago, where it was freezing cold, absolutely freezing cold. I was soaking it in before I go home. And he has been writing for five or six years and he said, oh, you know, I'm not ready. And we were talking about just doing it and, and dealing with a messy first draft and, and getting it out there and getting some feedback. And I think this idea that life is short is certainly something that hit me very hard when Jeff died not just that life is short, but it's incredibly precious. I remember, and this is quite 
it may be difficult to hear, but he he passed away at home and I had a few moments with him. We had to have the police, the in, inspectors, of course the paramedics, everybody was sort of about to swarm our house and I had a few minutes just in the room with him after he had died and I became incredibly conscious of my own heartbeat and the oxygen going in and out of my lungs. That's not scientifically possible, is it? Something else comes out of your lungs. But you know what I mean? I was inhaling these breaths of air and I actually realised I felt more alive in those few moments than I have ever felt in my life, even though it was the worst moment of my life. And I just realised how fragile life is. And so... I say to people now, if they're feeling like they have this dream, whether it's to write or, or anything else, just get on it. I mean, we know from the pandemic that our opportunities can be cut overnight. We can be all suddenly locked down for, and can't even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have been planning travel for years and, and thought we'll get round to it. We don't have the luxury, so yeah. grab those opportunities. Yeah. In the book, Cam does not die of a heart attack. The husband, he dies of early onset Alzheimer's. We are graciously sponsored tonight by Alzheimer's LA. There are some heartbreaking moments on that part of their story that felt, um, that were the hardest in the book for me to read as Cam starts to lose his memory of his loved ones and even some just some basic um, executive functioning and things. Mm. And I wondered if, you know, did you choose Alzheimer's? You said your mother passed. Yeah. If there, if that was informed by that experience of yes. losing someone in, in a slower yeah. way. Yeah. I, I, well, there were two reasons why I chose that. One was that I didn't want to tell exactly our story. And the other was more of a structural writing choice, which was to choose a longer way of dying to write about in this novel and that's the one I'm intimately aware of and that we've just watched and mum actually had uh, had uh, was diagnosed 16 years ago which is incredibly long normally it's a lot well you, you could tell us you know normally it's a much shorter desert, you know period of time and she just got worse and worse and worse and I, I mean, we've all watched her firsthand and, and my and we've watched my dad, who's 91, care for her in the most extraordinary way imaginable. And I, I think this is sort of a love note both to Jeff and to my parents. And so their relationship and the way that Kate cares for him mm-hmm. is very much my dad caring for my mum. Yeah. Well, it was beautiful. Mm. I've been avoiding the love story part, talking about it, because I don't want to give any any spoilers away. So there's a few love angles in the book, like some, I don't know, maybe red herrings, some maybe like, is this it? Is this not it? And one of the things that Kate ends up saying, our main character Kate ends up saying, is there's one interest in the book that makes her feel beautiful or makes her feel sexy or, or whatever, and then there's someone else that made her feel seen. And not that those things have to be mutually exclusive by any means, but like it was a, a, a surface level of attraction, I guess, and a deeper level mm. of attraction. And that really spoke to me in the, you know, enduring relationship in this. And I felt like that is what 
so many of us want. I mean, mm. I want to feel sexy too. Don't get me mm. wrong. <laughs> but, you know, you want to feel like she, I think she felt seen and known and like what a deeper level of care and commitment that that is. I, yeah. And I think for someone like Kate and someone like me and anyone else here who's, who has experienced this or has lost a partner, I don't think you could go to superficial anymore. It's, it's, even in conversations with people who you're not romantically interested in, there's just a depth that you have to have because you've, you can't be bothered anymore mm. with superficial stuff. And, and that's the same not just in, ro- in relationships but in letting go of a whole lot of things that used to worry you and bother you and used to get, you know, annoyed by. Just let it go. Time, you don't have time for this anymore. You've realised that life is short. So I think... Probably the reason that I am still single is because, A, I had a great husband who I adored and now I've created this character. (laughs) So, you know, I feel like I would have to hand a copy of this book to any potential partner and say, look, if you can't live up to this, I'm not interested. He Uh, is pretty dreamy, y'all. He is real dreamy. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think I had a crush on him too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she'll be signing books if you want to line up for that. And of course, buy other books here at Zibby's bookstore because buy Laura's book. we get to just do, behind me. We get to do fun <laughs> events like this here all the time. So, so wonderful. Much. Thank Yay. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com